Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the latest in our series, The Life of a Song, and I'm Sue Norris. This week, Midnight Train to Georgia. great American soul band Gladys Knight and the Pips had one of their biggest hits in 1973 with the heartbreaking tale of big city failure in Midnight Train to Georgia. The much-covered soul classic tells the story of a woman whose man once dreamed of superstardom in L.A. But his hopes were crushed, and the couple are retreating to, as the song puts it, a simpler place and time. The female narrator declares that her place is alongside him, I'd rather live with him in his world than live without him in mine. The tune joined a rich body of American, and especially African-American, train songs in the US. These narratives are found in everything from the Delta Blues to R&B, but this is a song of retreat rather than escape. Yet when singer-songwriter Jim Weatherly wrote Midnight Train to Georgia... As a pop country number in 1972, he wasn't thinking of trains or even of Georgia, but of a throwaway line from Farrah Fawcett, the girlfriend of his buddy, Lee Majors. While chatting on the phone to Weatherly, Fawcett, who was soon to be a superstar herself in the television series Charlie's Angels, said that she was packing to catch a midnight plane to Houston. The line teased away at Weatherly and he gave the song the title Midnight Plane to Houston when he recorded it himself soon after writing it. Here, though, it is the man who faithfully upends his life for a woman. And she's leaving on the midnight plane to Houston Going back to a simpler place and the soul singer Sissy Houston, mother of Whitney, heard Midnight Plane to Houston in January 1973 and she set about recording its first cover version. But the title irked. It wasn't the collision of Houston's, the name of both singer and subject, that bothered her, but one of authenticity. If she was going to sing this song, she had to feel it. And, she later said... My people are originally from Georgia and they didn't take planes to Houston or anywhere else. They took trains. Sissy's producer asked Weatherly for permission to change the title and lyrics to reflect that. We said, change anything but the writer and publisher, Weatherly once revealed in an interview. Midnight Train to Georgia was the title that stuck, even when he re-recorded his own song in 2003. Sissy Houston had a respectable R&B hit with her account of the song, giving it a female voice and, by adding harmonica, a countryish feel. 
It was this version that Gladys Knight was to hear soon afterwards. Gladys Knight and the Pips had already had a hit with another Jim Weatherly song, Neither One of Us Wants to Be the First to Say Goodbye, in 1972. They recorded the renamed Midnight Train in August 1973. They also added to and tweaked some of the lines, again with its writer's blessing. And it was Knight who upgraded the man's longing for success in Los Angeles to an ambition to be a superstar. Knight's version is also wordier than both previous recordings to account for the important vocal role played by the Pips. The song went on to hit number one and win a Grammy. But, as with the similarly travel-themed Glen Campbell song, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, some listeners challenged its logistics. Jeff Turner, a producer at Canada's CBC Radio and self-described son of a rail nut, only recently confirmed with Amtrak that there were no trains from LA for Georgia at midnight in August 1973, or indeed any direct trains. In 2016, he got in touch with Weatherly about the apparent error, who explained the evolution of the title to him. So many little miracles happened to make that song get to where it got in Gladys's hands, said Weatherly. It was just totally amazing to me. Over the years, Weatherly will have been grateful he insisted on his copyright, as covers emerged from performers as diverse as Aretha Franklin, Neil Diamond, Garth Brooks, who used the third person, and the comedian Sandra Bernhard. She kept dreaming Someday she'd be a star But she found out the hard way Some dreams don't come true Gladys Knight's own version of the song is beautifully embellished by her backing singers, the Pips, with their signature lines and railroad hoo-hoos. And in 1977, they had their moment in the spotlight on a Richard Pryor television special. Contractual difficulties had forced the band apart temporarily, so the Pips, introduced as And the Pips, performed their entire backing vocals to Midnight Train alongside a spotlit lone mic stand where Gladys Knight should have been. It was a triumph. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.